I want to go into my sermon this weekend, and I entitled my sermon, Do We Need Church? And I thought this is quite apt for Pentecost Sunday. Do we need church? You know, do we still need church in such a digital age? Do we still need church in a post-pandemic era? Do we still need church when everything around in the whole world it seems a little bit chaotic and everything? Do we still need church? Do you still need church? Or what is church for you? What do you, what, 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 what jumps out of your heart when you hear the word church for you? And everybody here may or may not have a different interpretation of what church is. But today, on Pentecost Sunday, I pray, I pray that all of us will leave this place with, uh, with a, just a passion for the church of God. Do you know that the church of God is the bride of Christ? Do you know that you are the bride of Christ? We are the church of God. And the church of God is the bride of Christ which means that, hey, we know we have, we have somebody who loves us, we have somebody who died for us, we have somebody who called us all together. That's the church of God. And why am I so passionate? It's because of this. This is why I'm so passionate about this weekend. This weekend, on the 5th of June, it's coming up, this weekend, which is the 5th of June, we have got a few convergence in the spiritual realm, all right, that meets the physical uh, uh, atmosphere. All right, today is the 5th of June. We so happen by divine appointment of God landed on Deuteronomy chapter 16. Out of all the chapters of Deuteronomy, right? It could be 15, it could be 14, it could be 30, it could be the first chapter, but we've landed on Deuteronomy 16. And I, we will read it together soon, but Deuteronomy 16 speaks of the Passover and the Feast of Weeks. Now, if you're confused of what, why, why is that so special, don't worry, I'll talk about it later. And also on the 5th of June is Communion Weekend. Communion Weekend is all, it's like remembering the Passover. It's like our Christian way of celebrating and remembering the Passover, right? So con convergently, is that such a word? Convergingly, convergently. Converging in the same space, we've got Deuteronomy 16 and Communion. And also in Israel today is the celebration of Shavuot. Shavuot is the celebration of the Feast of Weeks, which we so happenstance land in Deuteronomy 16. Now, what is Shavuot? I'll say again later, I'll explain. And somehow, the Hebrew calendar and the Gregorian, our calendar, the as we know it, coincide and converge where today is also the day of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. What is Pentecost Sunday? It's when the Holy Spirit came upon man and the church of Christ was born. So when you put four of these things together, I'm very excited for today. I'm very excited for this weekend because I believe God has something to say to SIBKL. I believe God has something to say to each and every one of us here, and I really believe God is doing something special in the church, in the global church of God. Because God is, is you know, He's the head of the church, so He knows every church across the globe, and I believe He's doing something special, and it is my heart's desire that all of us here today will catch what God is trying to say and we will go home just more excited and loving God. Amen? Amen? Let me start with a word of prayer and then we're going to read Scripture. Father God, we just invite you here, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm excited. I'm so excited. I cannot wait uh, to, just, to just download what you want to say to your church. But Father God, I, we invite you here into this space and into our hearts and into this sanctuary, Father God. May you saturate this space and I also want to include our children's ministry at Level 3. 
May you saturate that whole level three, Father God, that the children will also be encapsulated and fulfilled and touched by the Holy Spirit, Father God. I also want to pray for our BM service at level four, Father God. May the people just be just, it just, just on fire with the Holy Spirit, Father God. Lord God, just use me as your vessel today and may the Word of God and the Spirit of God touch your church this morning. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. I will explain why I'm a little excited. I may stumble across my words. I will probably swallow my words. I may shout at you, but it's not because I'm shouting at you, but it's because I'm really passionate because we are landed here on Deuteronomy chapter 16, all right? So we're in the book of Deuteronomy, and I want us to uh, uh, read it all together. The, the slide will come up. Deuteronomy chapter 16. And I've only got two slides for this before I go into my sermon. We ready to read together? One, two, three. Observe the month of Abib and celebrate the Passover of the Lord your God. Because in the month of Abib, He brought you out of Egypt by night. Sacrifice as the Passover to the Lord your God, an animal from your flock or herd at the place the Lord will choose as a dwelling for His name. Do not eat it with bread made with yeast, but for seven days eat unleavened bread, the bread of affliction, because you left Egypt in haste, so that all the days of your life you may remember the time of your departure from Egypt. Count off seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the standing grain. Then celebrate the Feast of Weeks to the Lord your God by giving a free will offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. And rejoice before the Lord your God at the place He will choose as a dwelling for His name, you, your sons and daughters, your men servants and maid servants, the Levites in your towns, and the aliens, the fatherless, and the widows living among you. Amen. This is Deuteronomy 16. Deuteronomy 16, and of course there's more, but I only want to focus, and I kind of only have time to focus on the first part, that is where God, in Deuteronomy, instructs the people of Israel to follow the, 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 the three big festivals in, 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 the, in the Hebrew calendar, right? You've got Passover, then you've got the Festival of Weeks, then you've got the Festival of Booths. Oh, is that okay? So three big festivals. I only have time to cover two. Uh, a Festival of Booths will have to wait for another time and another space in the future. If you're following the Hebrew calendar, maybe Q3 this year, right? Uh, 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 but today, in the first part of Deuteronomy 16 is the Passover. And in the second part of Deuteronomy 16 is the Feast of Weeks. And I want to I wanna explain these two feasts. So if if you know, you know, but if you're a young Christian, maybe you have no idea what the Passover is or the Feast of Weeks is. So here it is. I just sum it up in a very simple, simple diagram, all right? God the Father spoke to Moses, gave him the laws, and in very detail gave him what are the things you need to do on each of the festivals and all how you want to do the offerings, whether it's a wave offering, whether you want to sacrifice one lamb, two lamb, one sheep, one dove, two dove, or whether it's a grain offering, when you want to make a bread, there is also a specific weight of flour you need to make that bread. You can't just make bread willy-nilly. You can't make a bread this big or this big. So each family almost, when you go to each homes in Israel, you would see the same 
uh, 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 well, the same dimension of the bread because it's made up of a very specific weightage of flour. That is how detailed our God is, right? Into all these specific laws. So then it's Passover. Now in Hebrew, it's called the Pesach. Can everybody say Pesach? Amen. All right. Then after the Passover, so in the Hebrew calendar, how you count the Feast of Weeks, which is the next festival, is when you put the sickle to the grain. So when you start uh, uh, harvesting your grain, it's when you uh, 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 count off when I will celebrate my Feast of Weeks. All right. So Feast of Weeks, Weeks just means there are seven Sabbaths or seven weeks to the celebration, which means that you've got 49 days or 50 days to the celebration, all right? So that's why just this year, the Gregorian calendar, Pentecost, which is 50 days after Easter, uh, coincides with the Feast of Weeks on this day as well. So in Israel, they're celebrating, and across the globe, every Christian is celebrating the uh, Pentecost Sunday. So we're not the only ones, all right? So in the Feast of Weeks in Israel, it's called the Festival of Shavuot. Everybody say Shavuot. All right, so we're going to land on Shavuot a little bit today, but I want to explain the meaning of Passover because it's communion weekend and it is in the book of Deuteronomy. We just took communion. Why is it so important on this weekend where the convergence happened that we do communion together? Here it is. Now, here is Passover. Here is what modern uh, uh, Hebrews, or, or I guess also ancient Hebrews, how they celebrate Passover. Out of all the things, I'm just going to sum it up to four things, okay? So I'm not going to go through the whole ritual, but this. Number one, they eat the mahzah, the matzah, which is the unleavened bread. So as you read just now, you have to eat bread without yeast, all right? What is yeast? Yeast makes the bread rise. Yeast makes the bread fluffy. So if you like fluffy white bread, like me and my sons, all right, then you would, you would want to put more yeast in your bread. So it becomes fluffier, it becomes, you know, airy, you know, it becomes light. That's the bread you want to eat. But if it's an unleavened bread, there is no yeast, so it's hard. It's just imagine like, a, is a nun bread a bread without yeast? Yes, my wife is like, yes, yes, yes. All right, so nun bread is like bread without yeast. It's a little harder, it's firmer. All right, so they eat the matzah to remember that they left Egypt in haste. Then they also read, there's a, they practice a tradition called the Haggadah. All right, this tradition during Passover is when, the, when homes, the head of the households, now men, Men, we are the head of the household. We will gather our family and we will read the Haggadah to them. What is the Haggadah? It's the Exodus story. It is the Torah where we retell to our family and the generations and the generations that God saved us from Egypt. Do not forget. Children and my children's children and all the generations to come, don't ever forget that God saved us from Egypt. So they read together as a family. Then they also eat, the, there's something called the seder, which they eat bitter herbs. All right, I don't know what herbs it is, so it's a long list, but they eat bitter herbs just to remember that they were once slave in Egypt and God saved them. Then they drink grape juice. They eat bitter herbs to say, hey, we, we were once slave. Then they drink grape juice to say, but now we are free. So it's a sweet drink. Now we are free. So every year they will celebrate the Passover. But the first Passover is particularly significant because it's a foreshadowing of Jesus. The first Passover, God said to the Israelites, kill a lamb, one year old, but it has to be a flawless lamb. No defects, which means that you can't have a spot on the lamb. The lamb cannot be limp. The lamb has to be perfect. Kill that lamb and smear its blood across your doorway. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, all right? And Jesus at Passover, we just read it, right? Pastor Samuel just read it at communion when Jesus instituted the Passover the last time 
the last supper he did with the disciples. He's saying, this is my cup. This is my blood. Don't ever forget, my blood saves you. This is my body, the bread that was broken for you. They broke unleavened bread. This is my body. I saved you. And I'm going to be that lamb, to walk on that cross, and I'm going to die for all our sins so that you can be free, so that you can drink the grape juice of life, the sweet and taste the sweet freedom of life. Now that's why Passover is always is the most important Jewish celebration, Easter. And that's why we do communion weekends. Never ever forget why we do communion. Now that's Passover. Then about 50 days, about seven weeks later, they celebrate the Feast of Weeks. Now, what is the Feast of Weeks? Now, this is, this is where it's interesting because here in Israel right now, from, from yesterday, sun, uh, dusk, dusk, that's right, all the way to Monday, dusk, or when the sun sets, uh, the Israel will be celebrating Shavuot. Shavuot is this, all right? It's where tradition believes, where God gave the Torah, the laws, the Ten Commandments to Moses on Mount Sinai. So it is the Word of God that they remember on Shavuot they remember that God gave us the Word. When God gave you the Word, you are almost already like a people. How many of us know uh, uh, that for a nation to be birthed, for a nation to be born, you need the Constitution. You need the laws of the nation in order to birth a nation. United Nations will not recognize you as a nation until you have the Constitution of your nation, right? It's almost like these times. Where did all this Constitution come from? Biblical times. Where God says, you are now a nation, you have laws. So it's a very, very important uh, a tradition to remember, the Word of God. That's why, you know, that's why in SIBKL, you know, I, and, and as, I, as I pray a lot, we are always about the Word of God. No matter what happens in the world, no matter what, all the shift in the church, no matter how church shifts from A to B to C to D to E, one unifying, underlying, never-changing value system that we have in SIBKL is we will always always study the Word of God. This is uncompromising. It would always be. It would always be to the end of days, right? That's, that's the Torah. And what is this tradition? They call it the tikkun, all right? Uh, uh, not tikkus, uh, uh, but, but tikkun, all right? So this is where they study the Torah. So, so, so they will remember the times where they would fall asleep studying the Torah. It's, it's a whole fun tradition. I'm not going to go through the story. But what they do, again, as the head of the family, they would take the Torah with the children particularly the male children. I wish my two sons were here. They're both males, right? You know, so they would stay up all night to read the Torah and to memorize it. All right, so I'm going to do that with my kids tonight. All night, read the Bible, right? No pictures, just words. No, I'm not. Um, uh, they, they will revolt. They'll run to their mother uh, in the middle of the night. All right? But there is also a tradition where they read the book of Ruth. Why? Because this is where, why is it a festival of weeks? It's where they have a great big harvest of wheat and grain, and then they offer it to God. This is my first fruits, God. This is a great harvest. Imagine this is like a financial year, a great harvest. We offer it to you, God, as thanksgiving unto your name. So in Israel, what they do is, how they celebrate it is they eat dairy foods, all right? So they eat dairy foods after every meal. More often than not, it is cheesecake. And this is the only Jewish festival that they eat dairy food, all right? So they eat cheesecake. So therefore, just to commemorate Shavuot, just to feel like we're part of the, the Jewish tradition, after the service, we, when you go out, please don't forget to grab a cheese tart, 
all right? There's a cheese tart, not a cheesecake, because I was told by Zoe that it's logistically a little bit too difficult to get everybody cheesecake, a slice or a cheese tart. So go outside, grab a cheese tart, and enjoy it. But I, when you do grab a cheese tart, there's one for each and every one of you. If you truly, truly want to, ask them, and they will give you two. Is that okay if you truly want to? But when you do get a cheese tart, one, I want you to do me a favor, or do yourself a favor. It is not giving a cheese tart for cheese tart's sake. Is that okay? I want all of us to maybe consume it. Why I, wanna, why I did it this weekend is so that we are, we are thankful. When you consume the cheese tart, just like the Israelites, when they have a great big harvest, they offered it to God and says, God, I'm thankful. Tell God what you are thankful for as you eat cheese tarts. Tell God, family, finances, whatever it is. So when you consume it, or when, at your lunch or dinner, when you order a cheese cake for dessert, consume it and tell your family and, and try to instill this, this discipline in the household to read the Word of God, to thank God together, and then consume the cheese tarts. So in the Old Testament, all right, what they would do is they would, they would have a wave offering or wave sacrifice. Now, for the sake of time, I really don't have time to explain the difference between a burnt offering and a wave offering, all right? There's a huge difference. Why does some offering, is it wave? Why is some offering burnt? Do you want to know? Next sermon, next sermon. Okay, next, next sermon. No time, no time. Next sermon. I promise one day I will explain. Is that okay? And then, this is very important. I love this part. So how they celebrate the Feast of Weeks. So if you read it in Leviticus chapter 23, hardworking enough, go home, read Leviticus chapter 23. It's very, very detailed, right? Um, and the last part of the Feast of Weeks is when they, when they harvest the grain. God instructs, and it's, an inst it's a command, don't harvest 100%. Leaves. Leave the corners to the poor so that the poor would also have grain to eat at the festival. Don't forget the poor. Leave some for the poor. You see, God is such a good God. He says, I'm going to bless you with riches. I'm going to bless you with, with I'm going to provide for you and your family. But as I provide for you, don't forget that you, are, that you are the only special one in my eyes. I also remember the poor. I will also remember the foreigners. I will also remember the widows. And I want you, as a church, to, to remember them as well and to bless them as well. So today, if you can bless a foreigner, if you can bless somebody who is not as well-off as you, uh, maybe your maids or your guards or anybody, bless them. Just bless them on today because it is what God wants. Our heart is to love God, love people. Amen, church? That's the festival of Shavuot. Now, you, uh, Pastor Isaac, what is, what is so exciting about this? I'm getting there, I'm getting there, okay? Okay, stop moving my hands so much. I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm a little hyper, right? Uh, I'm getting there. Okay, now Passover is in the Old Testament. It's a foreshadowing of the New Testament where Jesus came and instituted communion. As I already explained, He instituted communion. So when Jesus came, He became the Lamb of God that died for our sins. He smeared His blood over our lives. Do you see the significance and the resemblance and the foreshadowing of, of Passover and the meaning it, it holds? So when the, when the Israelites sacrificed the lamb and they smeared the blood across the doorpost, the angel of death passed the house and said that this house belongs to Jesus Christ and therefore I will not kill their firstborn. So in fast forward many, many, many thousands of years, Jesus Christ came and says that the angel of death will not touch those who belong to Jesus Christ. You may die, and we will all die a physical death, but we will never die a spiritual death. 
Our lives, our souls, our spirits will always belong to Jesus Christ. And we know where we are going when we breathe our last breath. You know, I was speaking to so many, I was speaking to a few people um, over the last two and a half years, just a few people, and, 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 and they asked for prayers because they missed their loved ones who passed because of COVID. And I, and I always, and I want to encourage you today, I know you're listening, I want to encourage you by saying that it's tragic in this life that we pass from a disease or an illness or an accident or whatever it may be that we pass in this world. But the encouragement and the comfort for all of us here is that we will see our loved one once again. We will see those we love when we breathe our last breath and we see them in heaven. And I want to believe that they are our God, our Father, opens and greets us with an open arm to say, welcome home, my good and faithful servant. And we will see those we have journeyed with our fathers or our mothers or our children or our siblings, those who have perished in this lifetime, all because of one event, the cross. It is only made possible because of that cross. The cross is only made possible because Jesus Christ foreshadowed it in the first Passover. And Jesus says, Christ said, Israelites, you are to remember the Passover because I'm going to send my son Jesus Christ to die for my church. He died for each and every one of you. And what is so important about communion? Communion is remembering that He did it. Remembering His death. Remembering His resurrection. Forty days on earth, He appeared in spirit to His disciples, to His friends. I can't remember how many people, but I think it's about 300 people. He appeared and He encouraged them. He inspired them. And for 40 days, and on the last day, anybody remember where he went on the last day? Not toilet, all right? He didn't go to visit his neighbor's house, all right? He, he, may, he may visit his mother, I don't know. But on the last day on earth, he stood at the mount, and he ascended up on high. And when he ascended, he gave the church of Christ a command. Does anybody remember that command? the Great Commission. He gave us the Great Commission. If we have ever lose sight of what church is, I've heard some people say the church has lost its direction. I've heard people say the church has lost its way. I've also heard people say the church is now irrelevant. No way. No way, Jose, is the church irrelevant. I've heard people say many things about the church. I've read it online. I've, I've heard it in person. I've heard many people say about the church of God. But I guarantee you one thing, that when Jesus ascended on heaven, He gave the church a direction he gave the church a mission, he gave the church a vision, and he gave a church an objective to do, a life purpose that is the great commission. And I want today, because, we are, because Jewish festivals is always about the reading, the laws, and reading the, the Word of God, I want us all to read the great commission together. I want us all to take this seriously. And as you read, I want you to imagine that Jesus Christ himself is speaking to each and every one of you. And we don't do this in SIBKL very often. We don't. But I thought it would be good to do it on Pentecost Sunday. That in the olden church, what they do, or when I was young as well, what we always do when we read the Word of God, we honour the Word of God by standing. So can we all rise to our feet this morning as we read the Great Commission together? And I want to believe that it will all sink into our hearts as we read the Great Commission all together. This is also a wake-up call to say, hey, we can wait. you can stretch a little bit to say, I'm alive in this place. I'm alive in this place. Is that all right? Matthew 28, 18, 20. Jesus ascended on heaven and Jesus gave them a last command. One, two, three. 
Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen. You may take your seats. God gives us a mission, but God also gives us an assurance. What is the mission? And the mission is the same across the church. Do you know the mission of SIBKL? The mission, what's our mission statement? Anybody knows? Go, grow, generations. It's taken from here. Go, grow, generations. GGG, right? Generations, disciples, semantics. But go, grow, generations. All right? And give, God gave us an assurance that He will be with you to the end of the age. Do you know what that means? God, Emmanuel, I will be with you, surely, 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 to the very end of the age. Do you know what it means? When you read it in the context of church, it means that God will be with His church to the very end of the age. Some of us here, you may be disillusioned with church, you may be discouraged because of church, you may be online right now, you may think the church is irrelevant. You may think the church has lost its way, its direction. You may, church, you may think the church has gone through so much in the last two and a half years, but I want to guarantee you this morning that when Jesus Christ says that He will be with us to the very end of the age, He will be with the church of Christ to the very end of the age. And I tell you what, I want to be in that church of Christ to the very end of the age. I want to finish the race well, and I want to fight the good fight all the way to the end. I don't want to give up halfway. I don't want to fall out of the race halfway. I don't want to, like, how many of us watch the semifinals of Roland Garros, right? It's a shame, and I'm not making fun of, 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 of Sasha. I'm not. But if you watch Nadal, maybe Malay, we're a football fan in this place, right? How many of us, okay, I don't know football as well as I know tennis, right? Okay, uh, Nadal was uh, in the semifinals against uh, Sasha, Sasha Zarev, right? And in the middle of the, uh, the tournament, Sasha Zarev uh, 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 fell and broke his ankle, so he could not continue the fight. He could not continue the match, so Nadal won and he, he went into the finals. Now, I want to pray that none of us, none of us would fall and trip halfway. I want to pray that all of us here would journey with God all the way until the very end. I want to I want to I want to pray and I want to believe that you will not let anything stand in your way from completing your mission in Jesus Christ. I want to believe. I want to believe that no hell, no high water would ever stand in your way. No no problems, no mistakes would ever stand in your way. No guilt, no shame, no regret would ever stand in your way. Nothing would stand in your way to finish the fight and to finish the race. And God gave us gave us the great commission. You know, I thought it was so apt. You know that children, if you have children downstairs at level three, they're studying one thing today, the Great Commission as well. The children is studying the Great Commission. And I believe the next generation is going to go, they're going to grow, and they're going to be the generation that will go and they will grow other generations. Amen, church? Amen. But I want to get to the most exciting. I'm, I'm super excited about this. It's not just 
about Passover Jesus Christ. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Now, why is it so important that it's Pentecost Sunday? Because when Jesus Christ ascended and He gave us the Great Commission, days later, He told the disciples to wait because someone is coming to bless the church. He told the disciples to wait. I will send someone to you. And He sent the Holy Spirit. And lo and behold, Pentecost was born. Pentecost in the Greek means 50. 50 days after the Passover. 50 days after the Passover. Pentecost. We waited for God. We waited for God. And on the 50th day, God gave us a blessing from heaven that is the Holy Spirit that would birth the church of Christ. I want to read this with you. And with this, I may get a little excited, okay? Acts chapter 1, 4 to 8. This is Pentecost chapter X1 and X2, right? He, being Jesus Christ, gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Do not leave Jerusalem. Do not leave the church. Do not leave your, your, your country. Do not leave the city. Do not leave your faith. Friends, do not leave, but wait. But wait. If you are discouraged, but wait. If you are disillusioned, but wait. If you are you know, directionless, but wait. Jesus said, wait, wait for the gift my Father promised. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I really want to highlight to the ends of the earth, power and Holy Spirit. You see, in the Great Commission, Jesus said, you will be my disciples. You will teach people to obey the commandments. You will, teach, you will baptize people. You will, you, will, you will turn people's heart towards Jesus Christ. All, and I will be with you throughout, throughout time, all the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. And sometimes we ask ourselves, but how? How can I be your witness, God, to the ends of the earth? God says, I will make you my witness because I now give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will only enable you and give you that power, give you that dunamis power inside of you to be the witnesses of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth because you are that church, my friends. You are those witnesses and God wants to outpour a Holy Spirit today and I truly believe that He will. And He says, by the way, I'm going to give you power. But church, don't be mistaken. It is not military power that I will give you. It is not political power that I will give you. It is not economic power that I will give you. It is not influential power that I will give you. But it is the power of the Holy Spirit that I will impart upon you. What is this power of the Holy Spirit? The power of the Holy Spirit is, is this. I have now the strength to resist my temptations. I have now the joy of the Lord when I go through my sufferings and trials of life. How many of us can say, I've got the joy of God when I'm going through a hard time? Last two years must have been some hard seasons for all of us here. How many of us say in those hard seasons, I still have the joy of the Lord and I'm still beaming with happiness. I'm still beaming with joy because God is with me. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, I will give you the power to repent and not be prideful and says, God, I have no sin. I have done nothing wrong before you, God. Because later on in Acts chapter 2, I have no time to go through the whole chapter, but read it. Paul, Peter, Apostle Peter says, in order to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, you need to repent. You need to humble yourself before God and says, God, I want to receive from you that Holy Spirit. And, and 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. And says, when we go out to our workplaces, by our own strength, we will not be witnesses. By our own strength, we will not be good enough to talk about. By our own strength, we will be super paise to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? By our own strength, when we say, will you want to come to church? Before you can even utter those words, in your head you're thinking, don't need to invite this person, this person, I, I was swearing at him last week, I was so unkind to this person last week, you know, this person would never follow me to church. Because you, you're, you are self-defeating in being witnesses of the gospel. But I tell you what, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you don't have to worry because the cross has taken your shame. The cross has taken your guilt. All we have inside of us is the passion for the name of Jesus, that when we speak Jesus, people come alive that when we speak Jesus, people get joy. When, people speak Je- when we speak Jesus, people will be filled with awe and there are signs and wonders and the supernatural will go on forward and we are so excited about Jesus. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't end here. Acts chapter 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, so Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. So when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. We were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And I believe as the Spirit comes, there is going to be a rushing wind. There's going to be tongues on fire and we're going to be speaking in tongues why? Because it builds and edifies our spirit man. You know, I don't know if you can resonate with me. If you have not engaged and connected with the Holy Spirit for quite some time, if you haven't, maybe it's because you're busy, maybe you forgot, maybe life just took over, that's okay. But if you've not connected, I want to assure you that it will take some time for you to regain that connection. Just imagine it like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Right? It takes some time for your Bluetooth searching for device. Add device. Device cannot be found. Try again. Device cannot be found. Try again. And then we do all, we restart our computer, we restart, we restart this, we restart, try again. And then, ping, connected. It takes some time for us to break through that flesh that we have. It takes some time to break through our inner desires. It takes some time to break through our complacency and our comfortability. It takes some time to break through the walls that we have put up when we have not been connecting with the Holy Spirit. But I guarantee you, when you push, and when you push, and when you push in, and when you connect with that Holy Spirit, oh, there will be a well that would burst inside of you. There will be a well. And sometimes, even for me, sometimes I have a busy week or a busy two weeks. Sometimes it may take me one minute to connect. And you know it. Sometimes it will take me five minutes. But I tell you, there are times where it takes me 15 minutes to connect and I will be there and I will press in and press in. So later on, when, we open, when I open the altar, I want, I want us all to connect with the Holy Spirit. I want us to come forward to say, I want to connect with the Holy Spirit and we're going to give Him some time to speak to us because it may take some time. But when you are connected, believe me, you know you know, you know, you know that you are connected with the Holy Spirit. Only you will know. You will know. It's just like falling in love. When people ask, how do you know you're falling in love? How do, how do I explain the fluttering in my heart, the butterflies in my stomach? How do I explain that I long to see you even though I've only not seen you for one minute because you're in the toilet? How do you explain that? How do you explain that? You can't explain that, right? So you know and you know that you're falling in love. It's just like connecting with the Holy Spirit. You know and you know you have been connected. 
with the Holy Spirit. And I want to move on. I invite uh, uh, the pianist to come up here. I want to move on by saying this. What is, do we still need the church? I want to end by answering my question that I asked. I want to read this part again from Acts chapter 2. You see, when the Apostle Peter spoke to the people, he quoted from the book of Joel, Joel chapter 2 as well. And I, I believe this portion is beautiful. And when I read this again and again, it re- something in me just come alive. And I hope and I pray something in you will come alive. In the last days. I think the Apostle Peter was referring to our days, our time, in the last days. But it doesn't mean that Armageddon comes tomorrow. In the last days could be a thousand years. In the last days could be a hundred years. We don't know. But in the last days, in the last times, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all your people. Not some, not a few, but all. If you are hungry in this place, if you want to be connected with the Holy Spirit, oh, I believe there is an open door and He will connect with you. Because God has promised it. I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I really love this. Do you see how good our God is? He does not, even, he does not only just speak to His his, his people. He says, even the servants, even the slaves, because I love all people. All people are equal in the eyes of God. And He says, I will pour out my Spirit onto you as long as you ask of me. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke, signs and wonders. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, the second coming and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, sometimes we, we want to be witnesses on our own strength. Don't, you, don't we want our loved ones to come to know Jesus and have everlasting life? Our best friends to come to know Jesus? But sometimes we witness on our own strength. And God says, no. It is only by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that people will be saved, that people will know Jesus Christ. But I want to stop here just for one minute and say, I really like the phrase, God will pour out His Spirit on all His people. You see, I believe that there is going to be an outpouring of the Spirit onto every generation. When the day of Pentecost comes, there is no segregation between the next generation and the now generation. There is no segregation, am I right? The Bible never says, I will pour out my Spirit only for those 22 and a half and younger. There's no such thing. I will pour out my Spirit and if you are there, you will catch it. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't, what, it doesn't matter what position in society you hold, how rich, how poor. You are there because you are hungry for the Spirit and God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon you. You see, in the last two years, what has really gripped my heart, especially now in this, what has really, 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 truly gripped my heart is that I believe that there is a battle, a physical battle for every generation in the church. Every generation without fail there is a battle. If you are an older generation, you're battling against death. Because COVID, you're battling against the fear of death, you're battling against sickness and illness if you're slightly older. In the middle generation, if you're a breadwinner, you're a man in this place, you're battling against, do I still have job security, career, financial stability in an economy that may or may not waver, may or may not inflate? How do I know? There is no security in this life. If there's the middle portion, age, if you're a younger, young adult, you'll be thinking, how? Will I ever get married? I can't meet anybody. I'm stuck at home for the last two and a half years and I'm already 33 and a half. 
All right? I, will I meet anybody? How do I come to church? I'm losing my faith. There is a battle for every generation. Do you know that mental and emotional trauma has increased in the younger generation in the last two years? Increased. Which means that there are more younger people who have thoughts of depression, thoughts of anxiety, thoughts of panic, and thoughts of suicide. Much, much more. There is a fight for our next generation. And what about children? Below the age of what, 10? You know that even for my sons, the two years old, four years old, I long for them to come to children's church. I long for, I tell you, my heart aches for them to come. Why? Because they were born in a time during lockdown and they don't know what church is. They're just kids. Have you ever thought of that? Kids who don't know what church, meeting together, praising, worshiping together, reading the Word of God. And of course, for them, it's like building a Noah's Ark. But that's still, that's still, it still counts. Fighting the David and Goliath battle, that still counts. See, there is a battle for every generation. And there is only one way we win this battle. And I truly believe everybody here is fighting a battle. Whether you want to admit it or not, there is only one way. When we win the spiritual battle. We cannot win it in the flesh. We can only win it in the spiritual realm. And God says, I will outpour my spirit upon my people when they fight that spiritual battle, when they fight the battle in the heavenlies, they don't fight in their strength. They fight in the strength of Jesus Christ. In Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts will fight before you, will fight for you. If you're praying for your families, if you're praying for your finances, if you're praying for sickness and illness and even death, if you're praying for your next generation and your children and their generations and their generations, I believe with all my heart that we can only win every generation when we win a spiritual battle. And God says, I will outpour my spirit. I will outpour my spirit. Don't fight it in your own strength. Don't. Because you will be discouraged will be disillusioned, you will be directionless, 100%, because it's in your own flesh, only by my Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I don't know how many of us here have connected with the Spirit of God for the last two and a half years, but on Pentecost Sunday, it is going to be this Sunday, moving forward, where there is going to be a move of God. Amen? I want to end on one more slide. I just want to end on this slide. Just give me a little bit more time. I have a lot to say. And in Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the people, that is when the church of Christ was born. We are the inheritance of Pentecost. We are the inheritance of Shavuot. Don't ever look down on tradition and don't ever look down on history. Because of history and tradition, we have a church here today. And the church of Christ was born. There were 200 in the upper room and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, tongues of fire. And then the verse going on to say, went on to say that the Spirit of God, that so many people came, there's so many people, see, why are these people, are they drunk? Are they not drunk? How come they're speaking in tongues? What are they talking about? And the whole church, people, 3,000 people were baptized in the Holy Spirit that day because they saw people being so on fire for God. On fire for God. And on that day, the church of Christ is born. And I want to declare, the church of Christ will never ever close. No matter what happens to this world, the church of Christ will never ever close. But what is the church of Christ? One last slide. What is the church of Christ? Do we still need church? I want to end with this. 
after 3,000 people were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. You see, you still cannot take away the Word of God. You can't take away the Word of God. You just can't. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your appetite for the Word of God will grow. Will be there. Your hunger for the Word of God will be there. It will of course be there because the Holy Spirit says the Word of God is the anchor for your soul. It is the foundation of your life, the Word of God. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles where the Spirit of the Lord is. There will always be the supernatural. There will always be signs and wonders. And don't worry, signs and wonders doesn't mean that the sun will stop today. Signs and wonders could also mean that the walls of your heart, the walls and the callousness and the hardness of your heart was broken down. That is also a sign. That is also a wonder. Don't look down upon what God is doing in your own life and only look for a, a, a physical healing. Those are also signs and wonders. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Once there's a Holy Spirit movement here, I believe there's a unity in the church. There's going to be a unity across every generation in this church. There's a unity in every heart, mind, and soul in this church that we only have one purpose and one purpose only to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters in this life. Everything is but dust. Everything is but intangible. Everything cannot be brought to the next life. Only our love, only the glory of Jesus Christ, the legacy that we have. Last line, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to everyone as he had need. Remember I said, what is Shavuot? When they bless the poor, they bless the foreigners, they bless the widows. It's the same for Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I guarantee you, God says, you're still going to give people who are in need because God's heart wants to bless them through you. You are a blessing to be a blessing. He wants to bless them through you and He wants to work through us to be a blessing to our communities, to be a blessing to our, our OAs, to be a blessing to our people in need, whoever they may be. Every day is the best part. Every day they continue to meet together. I forgot to highlight this in yellow. In where? The temple courts. Every day. Now, I'm not even asking you to come to SIBKLBY every day. Every week. Can we do that? Every week they continue to meet together in Bangunan in SIBKL. They broke bread in their homes. Now, these are cell groups. Right? And ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Right in, the, in biblical times. Meet together in church. Meet together in cells. Meet together in church. Meet together in cells. Love God. Love people. When the day of Pentecost comes, we cannot run from these things. We go back to the basics. Praise God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. The last line says, there will be evangelism they will be your loved ones coming to know Him. They will be your best friends coming to know Him. Not by your strength, but by the Holy Spirit. I want to end with this. When the Church of Christ was born, the gates of hell will never prevail. The Church of Christ was born. And when Jesus said to Peter, Petrus, the rock, he stood on that rock. Oh, that's another sermon in itself. He stood on that rock. He declared. In, in, back in those days, in Palestine, in those days, there was a place where they believed that this is the gate of hell. He pointed to the gate of hell and he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not 
cannot, will never prevail against the church of God. Amen, church? Come what may, come what may that the world will throw against us. The gates of hell will never ever prevail. Who is the church of God? Not the walls. These are great. We are the church of God. You are the church of God. You, you must take this promise that whatever the enemy throw against you, the enemy will not prevail. You know, I've just been, two, two stories, and I want to close with this, and I want to call everybody up. Two stories. You know, I, you know, just this week alone, of course I follow the Russia-Ukraine conflict, right? You know what really touched me? Is when I saw in Ukraine, in the height of the war, churches all across Ukraine, from Lviv, from Kiev, they came together and they formed the Ukrainian choir and they sang to God. It's on YouTube. You can go and search for it. Ukrainian Easter Choir. Go search for it after this. And they sang Agnes Day. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy, worthy are you, Lord. I want you to imagine, whatever you're going through, is your house been destroyed? Are you chased out? Your homes? Have your loved ones been killed? They have. That's what they're going through. And yet they came together and they're still saying, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And, I, and, and, and the lead choir person was interviewed and asked, why did you do this? Why did you pull 80 people together? Because there's, there's 1.1 million refugees now in Ukraine. How did you find all these people? Why did you pull? You know, you could be bombed, right? In the middle of your gathering, you could, you could, be, you could die, right? Why did you do it? What touched me was this. And the lady, the lead choir person said, because I love Jesus, and my life on this world is meaningless without Him. And I know where I'm going if that bomb does drop. I know where I'm going. But meanwhile on this earth, we will sing praises to our God. We will sing just like the day of Pentecost. We will sing praises to our God. You know, I was talking to one more person. I just so happened to talk to this mainland Chinese person. And I said, hey, you're a Christian. I'm so excited to meet you. I'm so excited to meet you. You know, how, how is your church back in China? How, how is it? I can't say everything. But I said, oh, they, they're going through a lot of restrictions. They're being monitored. You know, the church, some of the churches there were destroyed and pulled down. Can you imagine if our church is being pulled down? Can you imagine? Will we still be here if our church is being pulled down? They says, we, we go through a lot. Then I asked one question. So difficult, your life, compared to mine. My life difficulty is just how do I manage my Zoom meeting and my son at the same time? That's my difficulty, all right? Your difficulty is to another level. You could be jailed, you could be persecuted, you, you know, you could die at any moment. You don't know. At any Sunday service, people could come in and take you away. You don't know. I said, why, why are you still a Christian? Because I love my Lord Jesus Christ and I would die for Him. When I see these two, and I see what the world is going through, and I ask God, what are you telling us? What are you telling the, the church? And God is saying that He will build His church. And no matter war, no matter famine, no matter earthquakes, no matter fighting, will ever, ever prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Because the Spirit of God is here, and we must catch that Spirit in order for us to be resilient Christians, 
in order for us to be resilient disciples. We need the help of the paraclete, the Holy Spirit that lives within us to say, Jesus, I want to fight this battle for you. I want you to fight this battle for me. Jesus, I cannot win this battle in the physical. I cannot win this battle in my eye, but I will win this battle in the spiritual. And every time I win this battle in the spiritual, it will always manifest in the physical. Lord, I want to journey with you. No matter how hard my life is, I will still cling on to you, the Lord and my Savior, the salvation of my soul, the author and the perfecter of my faith. I will always cling on to you no matter what, no matter hell, no high water, what is God telling the church, the global church on earth? He's saying that church, Christians all across this place, do not give in to the spirit of comfortability. Do not give in to the spirit of directionless or discouragement or disillusion. Do not give in, but give in only, yield only to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will take you, will comfort you, and will push you forward and says, my son and my daughter, you can do this. You can do this. My son, and my daughter, I will be with you to the ends of the earth. I will never ever leave you nor let you go. I will give you peace. I will give you joy. I will give you hope. I will give you love. And that is the Holy Spirit. You know, on this Pentecost Sunday, what I want us to do, it is I want us to just wait on God. All of us here may have a different journey. Some of us here may have been engaging and connecting with the Holy Spirit more than others. Some of us here have, may have been a little colder. But I want to assure every single person in this place that Jesus Christ will never condemn nor judge you. Never ever. You will only find acceptance in this place. So I want us to come forward to the altar. Find a spot. And I want us to kneel before God. We're going to sing, Come Holy Spirit. Find a place, and if the altar is filled, you can kneel at the aisles, you can kneel in your table or your chairs, but come on forward. Because I want us to be like the disciples on the day of Pentecost. We're waiting on God. God, I'm expectant of you. I'm expectant of you. And I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit once again. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit once again. So come and find your place. Come and kneel. And the worship team will minister with the song, Come Holy Spirit. Spirit. Can we all stand to our feet? As I start the song, I want to invite everybody forward and come and find your place in front and kneel before God and says, God, outpour your Spirit upon my life. Pour out your Spirit upon my life. Come and pack out the front. Come and pack out the altar. God, I'm waiting for you. God, I need you. Holy Spirit, come and fill me once again. Come and kneel before the altar. Kneel before God and says, God, I need you. I need you. Nothing else matters in this world. I've been so distracted with my life. God, today I need you. Fill me once again. I want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. I want and I need you, Holy Spirit, because I cannot do this life without you. I want the joy of my salvation to be restored unto me. I want my passion and my excitement for the gospel of Jesus Christ to be living in me. And Father God, I pray that we all come alive in this place, that we are alive in this place. We don't come as half-dead Christians dragging our feet to church every Sunday. We are alive in this place with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That nothing in this world, nothing in this world will stop us from loving and finishing, loving Jesus Christ and finishing this race.
let us just begin. I don't know if we do this in our main service a lot, but I really want us to do this today. Let us all engage with the Holy Spirit in our, in our hearts and in our inner man, and let's pray in tongues. Let's begin to speak in tongues. Let's call the Holy Spirit to fill us today. Fill us today. Fill us today. Let's build our inner man. Let's build our inner man. Father God, give us wisdom. Wisdom to come upon your people. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord, with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit, O oh God. Suriyara ba 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 shukuriyere be be be. Fill us with your spirit, God. Suriyara ba 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 shuriyere be be be. Suriyara ba 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 ba. Hallelujah. Suriyara. Fill us with your spirit, God. Suriyara all across this place. Let's pray in tongues. Let's speak in tongues just for one more, one more chorus, one more verse. Suriyara ba 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 yara ba 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 ba. Oh, kuriyere, we yield to you, God. We yield to you, God. Oh, yada ba 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 yada besu. We are hungry, God, for you. We are hungry for you, God. We are hungry for you, God. Sure, yada ba 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 ba. Sure, yada be 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 yada ba ba ba. Oh, yada ba su. Sure, yada be 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 be. Sure, yada ba 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 ba. Hari yada ba ba. Sure, yada be be be. Sure, yada be 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 be. Sure, yada ba. Just another minute. Just another minute. Just sare yada ba ba. Hari yada ba 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 ba. I feel the Holy Spirit says there's a lot of us here that still need to be connected with Him. Connected with Him, the sweet Spirit of God. Sukuri yara ba yara ba, shukuri yere be 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 be. Suri yara ba 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 ba, shukuri yere be. Suri yara ba yara ba ba ba, shukuri yara ba 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 ba. Suri yere be 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 be, shukuri yara ba ba ba. Hallelujah. Har yara ba, shukuri yere be be be. Suri yara ba ba ba, har yara ba, suri yere be be be. Hallelujah. Suri yere be be be, shukuri yere be be be. Shukuri yara ba 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 ba, shukuri yere be 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 be. Har yara ba ba ba. Just like the day of Pentecost, if you are here today and you don't have and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you want the Holy Spirit to come and fill you today, and you want to break out in tongues, you have a desire to break out in tongues, and you want the Holy Spirit to fill you today. We want to pray for you, and we want to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Do you know that when I was baptized, I eagerly long for the tongues and it took me days and weeks and I prayed and I asked God and I had a burning desire within me to break out in tongues but I didn't get it right there and then I got it weeks later in the car when I was driving on the highway sprint highway one day as I said God I want to speak in the language of God and I burst out in tongues that day in the car so today if you want to build your inner man and you say, on Pentecost, I want the Holy Spirit to fill me. Would you raise your hands in this place? Raise your hands up high. Raise your hands up high. And the pastors will come round, the elders will come round, will pray for you and lay hands on you and baptize you in the Holy Spirit. The elders will come round and the pastors will come round. So keep your hand up. Don't be shy. There's nothing to be shy about. There's nothing to be ashamed about. God is in this place. He has a heart and a desire to fill everyone with the Holy Spirit. And there you have the power of God. Father God, I just pray for my brother, Father God. Fill him now with the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord Jesus Christ, baptize him in the fire of God. 
let the fire of God come upon him, Father God. Let him break out in tongues and speak in the language of God to praise you, praise you, praise you. Shuri yada ba 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 ba. Thank you, Jesus. So kuri yada ba ba ba. Hallelujah. Suri yada ba 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 ba. Shukuri yere be 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 yada ba. Suri yere be be. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I want to do this, and I strongly feel this: that there is a battle that each and every one is facing right now. There is a battle in the physical. Think of your loved ones. Think of yourself. Think of your children, and think of your best, closest friends. There is a battle in the physical over depression. There's a battle over anxiety. There's a battle over suicide. There's a battle in the physical, and we are going to pray in the name of Jesus. If if that is you, you know it. You talk to the Holy Spirit. You cry out to the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus, may the spirit of depression leave this place. In the name of Jesus, with the spirit of anxiety, the spirit of suicide, the spirit that is captivating and holding our next generation, leave this place. In the name of Jesus Christ, only the Holy Spirit would fill, fill our hearts once again. Fill our hearts once again that we will have the joy of the Lord, that we will have the peace of God, that we will have the love of God, that we will have the hope of God in our hearts. There is a hope for the future for every generation in this place. Let the enemy never ever take hold of any generation in this house. That we will break free for where the spirit of the Lord is. We will break free. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. If you have a physical healing and a need in this place, the Holy Spirit is here. If you have a physical healing and a need in this place, I want you to place your right hand on that part of your body. If it is your heart that need to be healed because you're going through an emotional trauma, put it on your heart, or it could be a heart disease. If you got a leg pain on your left knee, put it your hand on your left knee. If it is a neck pain, put your right hand on your neck pain, and we want to pray with you in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Suriyara ba 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 ba. Father God, you see every hand's place on the body part. You see every hand placed on the body part, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, we declare that every pain in our body be gone. In the name of Jesus, we declare that every sickness in our body be gone. In the name of Jesus, we declare that if you have a stiff neck in this place. Loosen that stiff neck in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we declare, Father God, if you've got a limp on your left leg in this place or a right leg in this place, in the name of Jesus, strengthen the leg, strengthen the walk, Father God, that their person or persons will walk upright in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we declare, Father God, if you, any one of you have a heart problem in this place, you have a heart problem. I hear and I hear a heart problem in this place. I don't know if it's cholesterol or a stroke or a blocked artery. You have a heart problem. Place your hand on your heart, and we want to pray for you. Oh, Holy Spirit, Suriyara ba ba ba. Father God, Lord God, only you can do a miracle in this place. Holy Spirit, come down, Father God, and clear the heart from all cholesterol and blockages in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, we declare that the heart is fully functional in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you will heal the heart. You will heal the heart of every physical ailment, and you will feel the heal the heart of every emotional pain, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Lord.
I want to pray for those who are praying for an unsaved family member. And then we're going to close with a victory song that the Church of Christ was born. Father Lord Jesus, in this place, if you have a loved one that is not saved, raise your hands to Jesus. We want to commit that person to God. Holy Spirit, you see every hand raised. Holy Spirit, by the power that you have given us, Holy Spirit, help us, Lord Jesus Christ. Pray and intercede for our loved ones that they will come to know you, that the veil of their eyes will be dropped, that the callousness of their hearts will be broken, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, Father God, Holy Spirit, speak to them now in their hearts with a still small voice, drawing them unto you, Father God, Lord God, and they will be saved. They will be saved. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Father God, we praise you on Pentecost Sunday. All glory to the Father, all glory to the Son, and all glory to the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus Christ, for everything you have done 2,000 years ago. You died for my sins. You resurrected to intercede on my behalf. Father God, and you ascend, you ascended to the heavens, Father God, to sit at the right hand of the Father, to intercede for us. And Father God, on the day of Pentecost, you gave us the Holy Spirit that we will never have to be discouraged. We will never have to be disillusioned. We will never have to be directionless, Father God, because Lord Jesus, Father God, we yield to the Holy Spirit. The Church of Christ was born and the Church of Christ will never die in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God. We praise you this Sunday. We love you, God. All glory to your name. All praise your name. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, church. God bless you. Remember your cheese tart on the way out and thank God for everything He has done for you. Online church, we thank you for joining us for our online services. God bless you. See you.